New Hope's Sermon of the Week. We pray that you're blessed as you listen to this week's message. Um, I love you all. My name is Pastor Ralph. For those of you who don't know me, um, I'm uh, one of the, the part of the pastoral team here at New Hope, but I have not been here in five weeks. So it feels good to be home. So I want to give you a little bit of a report. Uh, the first Sunday, uh, over 10% of our church family went to Harrisburg and spent time at what we call a Supernatural Life Conference. It was an equipping conference. It was really good. You know, you need to have times where you get filled and you get encouraged in the Lord, and that's what that time was. And how many of you were there and have participated in that? And then for the uh, two weeks after that, uh, Jonathan and I, Jonathan Welton and I were in Moralia, Mexico, and we have a church. We have a church that we have fully been invested in for over 20 years, and it's, uh, it's Bill and Mary Smith and the work they do in Moralia. And if you're, uh, I love Steve Hogan because Steve loves a return on investment. You know that ROI? Return on investment. I'm here to tell you that God is doing amazing things in Moralia, Mexico. Uh, God is raising up a generation of new believers who are filled with the Holy Spirit. They know who Jesus the King is. They're doing the work of the kingdom. And they're releasing, uh, they're walking in the new covenant realities that we released, but they were already walking in it. So I want you to know that Bill and Mary send their love to the New Hope family, and we, uh, we, can, we can rejoice in what God's doing there. So it was a very successful trip. And then Wanda and I spent, uh, we were away in Toronto for our 36th wedding anniversary, which was awesome. Um, it's hard to believe that much time flies by in life, and we got to have fulfill a lifelong dream of seeing Fleetwood Mac live in concert really close, had great seats, and we danced and partied for two and a half hours, and it was everything we dreamed it would be. So God, is, God cares about every single thing in your life, and he knew we wanted to see Fleetwood Mac live, and we did. So it's awesome. And last week, we were participating in the Love After Marriage Conference, which for all those, you're going to hear more reports but uh, how many of you know it's a big issue in the body of Christ, and it's a big issue in God's heart, that there is love after marriage, right? There's love after marriage. He wants healthy marriages because within healthy marriages, there's healthy families and healthy churches and healthy cities and healthy nations. And so it was an awesome time, and uh, you'll hear more about that, and it'll begin to affect the life of our church. So we had an interesting morning. Not being here in five weeks, um, I'm going to do a little ad-libbing of what the Holy Spirit kind of showed me, but I want to do a few clarifications. If you're new, you're a guest, or you're just with us, and you get one of these calendars, we messed up the dates for the healing and the devotion. We just, that little spot, there's no date in that spot. You see that? So that needs to go here. This one here needs to go here. So the healing room is the first and the third Thursday. So... Let's make that little correction. Uh, the other thing is, did anybody get the joke with the grater? Uh, I, I didn't get it. But, so Craig said, he said, Ralph, did you get the grater? And I said, no, I did not get the grater. Greater is he. Greater is he who's in us. Very, it must be a Texas thing. Okay, so we, we're, somebody else didn't get it either. So greater is he who is in you than he who's in the world. The very spirit that raised Christ from the dead, lives in you. If, you. if you're a believer in Jesus Christ. That's good news, right? But we heard a word, we heard a word at least three or four or five times. Somebody yell out the word we've been hearing this morning. Huh? Breakthrough. Breakthrough. Breakthrough demonstrates... Okay, oh well, no, breakthrough. A sudden increase of knowledge or understanding... Think about that. A sudden increase in knowledge or understanding. An important discovery that happens after trying for a long time. How about a breakthrough? The act of overcoming or penetrating an obstacle or restriction. You experience a break. You need a breakthrough. That's what a breakthrough means. A breakthrough. 
I like this one. A breakthrough is a sudden dramatic act or development. And it's interesting that it's so important us it's so important for us to define what some of the language that we use, isn't it? Are we in a breakthrough? Are we going to have a breakthrough? Or are we participating in a breakthrough? Do we need a breakthrough? Don't be confused. It's progressive. Every one of them is true. You should be walking in a breakthrough. You should be probably anticipating maybe a breakthrough. And you have to learn how to, Julia used the word steward your breakthrough. So in the Lamb Conference this last weekend, God has a way of meeting you where you're at. Do you know that? God meets you where you're at. And he knows everything about you. He knows what's going on in your life. He knows when there's a... Sometimes I see... I like the picture of a bottleneck, you know? Things ain't flowing real good. It could be in your marriage. It could be a relationship. It could be something. But things just ain't flowing, and there's a log jam. And all of a sudden, you experience sudden revelation or understanding, knowledge, understanding comes, and that thing goes by. And then you experienced a breakthrough. So... Um, it's interesting that the Lord was speaking that today because I just want to, I want you to go like this for me. If you feel like right now you're in a season of your life where you're, you, you need a breakthrough, because I, I just want to like do a test. I want to measure something. You feel like you want a breakthrough, okay? There's a good amount of people saying, I need a breakthrough, okay? So what I, first thing I want you to do, and this is how it fits into my message. I've already prepared the message. I've been chewing on the message, so it's really cool when the Holy Spirit is here among us. The Holy Spirit is here. And he begins to talk about breakthrough. Begins to talk about comfort. He begins to talk about maybe some of the things that God's people are walking through at this time. But it's really important to understand what Grace was trying to, what Grace, not Grace, what Grace was trying to say. What Grace was communicating was that God, God's heart is for you. And he wants you to experience a breakthrough. And when you experience a breakthrough, you have a responsibility in it. You have a responsibility. When Julia and Rick were talking, they experienced a breakthrough. And we're not talking about something that has to do with works or some type of thing that you're putting a weight or a thing on yourself. But in the Holy Spirit, God's going to give you a breakthrough, and then you have to walk through that breakthrough. So I want, you, I want you to say, I need to walk or participate in the breakthrough that God's going to release to me today. Okay? Okay. So I, I have a, every now and then I get, I get kind of fired up. If you know me, I get, I get fired up. There's a beautiful young man here that I love. I, want, I don't want to embarrass him, but he, he, he played football with my son. He's here. He knows who he is. I don't want to put him on the spot. But you talk about watching college football players, high school football players, professional football players, any type of sport. You watch the Game 7 of the World Series. You watch victory. There is so much excitement in victory. If, if you don't experience excitement in victory, and guess what else is a body? We need to celebrate other people's victories. You know what? When you can celebrate Julia and Rick's victory, that is like that. Again, we should be. Ex- Rick and Julia experienced a victory. They experienced. I, I'm, I'm going to. Rick, are you here? I got permission to do something? What if you found out that Rick and Julia have been struggling? Emotional, spiritual, physical connecting. They haven't been connecting. And it's been years. And they experience a breakthrough. You realize that's like a miracle. I get fired up when people experience miracles. Miracles transform lives. Transform lives change everything. Got it? So that was a miracle. Okay? Now here's where the lie comes in. Talk about getting ahead of yourself. I want to sum up the essence. This is funny. This is what I do when I'm by myself. I'm by myself in my office. Actually, I was by myself riding the motorcycle. It was cold, but it was awesome. It was like 40 degrees, but I was enjoying every moment of it. It was this week. And I'm riding the motorcycle, and I'm talking to myself, and I'm preparing. And I go, I've been all over the world. 
So I'm building myself up. I'm like this amazing guy who's been traveling the world. And I say, I've been in Canada, Toronto. I've been in America, Rochester. I've been in Mexico, Morelia. And I sit there and I say, I've been all over the world. I've traveled to nations. And I'm driving the motorcycle. And I'm praying. I'm talking to the Lord. I'm getting fired up in my spirit. Because I'm like, so you've been gone for five weeks. The saints of God, where, there they are. What's going on here? How are they? What have they been doing? You know what was the greatest privilege of going to Mexico? Releasing faith. Releasing hope. Releasing strength. Releasing encouragement to people that God is who he says he is. And that you as a believer in Jesus Christ can experience so much more. So much more. So I'm riding on the motorcycle. And I use my little phone. How many of you know that little voice thing you can use? The voice thing? I like that voice thing. I get inspired, start talking to the thing, save it for later. I got a, I got a good one I'm going to share with you. So I said, Lord, what is it that I'm going to bring back to New Hope Community Church? What is it after five weeks of not being with the people I love and I've grown with, and Juan and I serve here, and we love these people. And this is the core of my message today. Here's what bothers me. Here's what drives me. Watching a liar keep God's people from the fullness of life that is, in that, that is available in Jesus Christ. What motivates me, what drives me, what compels me is the, the liar, the accuser. When I see the liar intimidating or blinding or holding back God's people, something fierce rises up in me. The, did anybody notice, we use these words, but anointing means you are smeared and covered and filled with the Holy Spirit. We are all anointed believers if you believe in Jesus. And then when you come up sometimes and you got the mic and Craig begins to talk, what happened when Craig began to talk? Did you sense it? Did you feel it? The anointing came. Why? Because he was declaring truth. Things were a little funky this morning. I don't know why. Had nothing to do with Mary. Had nothing to do with worship. Maybe it was the blinds were down. I said, Brian, I want sunlight in this building. It can't be so dark and dungy. I don't know what it was, but if I'm the only one who felt it, I felt it. Did anybody else feel it? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Nobody. Okay. Is anybody, okay. So, so, but here's what I felt like the Lord said. I'm preparing a message. Not to yell at God's people, not to get all crazy, but to say, there's a liar. And he's lying all the time. And when the liar keeps you personally from experience the fullness of life that is in Jesus Christ, man, it's going to tick me off. And we've got to do something about it. Because Jesus is a king. He has a dominion, which is called his kingdom, the rule and reign of the king. And Jesus Christ defeated the liar. And he says, I am a good shepherd. And I want to give to those who believe in me an abundant life. So stop it. If you're believing a lie. When we're with each other, it doesn't mean that you're not going to face challenges. It doesn't mean there's not a lot of pressure in life. It doesn't mean none of that stuff. It means that no matter what you're going through, there's somebody. There's a God in heaven. There's a personal relationship you have with God that you have access to unlimited power to overcome. I go through this whole crazy thing all the time. But I have, I'm going to read some scripture to you. It's good to read scripture. 
So the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verse 1. I tell you the truth. This is Jesus talking. The man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought, all, when he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Verse 6. Jesus used this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. They had not yet experienced a breakthrough. A breakthrough means they're going to have a sudden understanding, a revelation. They're going to get some knowledge that's going to change them. Therefore, Jesus said again, I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever came before me were were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. Verse 10. The thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full, or the King James, or have it it abundantly, an abundant life. Verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the wolf. I'm sorry, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks and the flock attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them in also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall come, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I receive from my father. The Gospel of John, chapter 10, verse 1 through 18. John 10, 10 is a pretty profound scripture. The thief comes only to steal. The thief comes for one reason only. Or you could say three, but he comes only for these reasons. To steal, to kill, and to destroy. And Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Again, the King James Version, the thief comes, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. I'm going to link a few scriptures here. The thief is a liar. In 1 John 3.8, 1 3.8, He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of Man was manifested. For this purpose, the Son of God was revealed, that he might destroy the works of the devil. The devil is a liar, John 8, verse 42 to 45. 
Jesus is in a heated argument, heated discussion with the Pharisees, the religious leaders of his day in John 8, 42. They're accusing him that he's of the devil, and here's what he says to them. If God were your father, you would love me, because I have come to you from God. I am not here on my own, but he sent me. Why can't you understand what I am saying? It is because you are unable to do so. They had yet not experienced a breakthrough. You cannot see who Jesus is without a spiritual breakthrough. For you are the children of your father, the devil, and you love to do evil things, and you love to do the evil things he does. He was a murderer from the beginning and has always hated the truth. Highlight that. He is always, the liar hates the truth. There is no truth in him. Zero. When he lies, he is consistent with his character. For he is a liar and the father of lies. So when I tell you the truth, you just naturally don't believe me. Pretty powerful scriptures there, right? This idea of wanting to experience a breakthrough for your personal life or for your marriage or for your family. You you guys realize corporately we're believing for breakthroughs as a corporate group of people who call themselves New Hope Community Church. It's really important, though, that we understand that we have experienced breakthrough, there's, exper- there's breakthroughs we're going to, and then we have to, we're not maintaining a breakthrough. We are entering into something that the Holy Spirit has accomplished for us. And then we have to be participators, and part of this whole warfare thing is what is going on in your brain, okay? What is going on in your brain? Remember that motorcycle ride I was telling you about? Here's what happens on the motorcycle ride. I'm meditating on abundant life. A lot of you guys know I do this crazy little thing. I probably won't be able to get it. I tried to have it set up. I think I I lost it. Let me try it. Can I have a little fun with you? Anybody know this word super, F-L-O, super, how many is it put Super, F-L-U-O-U-S. Okay? So here's what I do when I don't know a word. You guys know what I do when I don't know a word? I hit that little thing. Okay, I can't find it. I had it earlier. I'm going to press a little, you know, the little microphone thing? How do you say that word? Let's be honest, that's kind of a tricky word, right? Okay, do it again. Superfluous. Superfluous. Huh? Perry, say it loud. You you could do the dictionary voice, Perry. I like that. Perry, one more time. Okay. You know, there's a way you can study the word of God. There's a way you can get deep into, you know what it means to have abundant life? It means that word. That word is one of the definitions. You know what that word is? That word is really a radical kind of word. It's the most extravagant word out of all the ones I looked up. It means, it means like total access, like excessive, extravagant, beyond anything you could imagine, more abundantly, above, advantage. How many of you don't like, wouldn't want to have an advantage in life? I like this definition. It's the sense of beyond. There's more, but abundantly in quantity and superior in quality. There is an abundant life. Jesus did not lay his life down as a good shepherd so we could squeak by, barely make it. It is a lie, so I'm sitting there on the motorcycle, and the first lie we have to overcome is that I have to convince people that Jesus laid down his life so you could experience an abundant life. So we're going to go tell some stories. We ministered in Mexico in Moralia 
language barrier, but I tell you, much better than it's ever been. Young people are speaking English. Older people are learning English. And I say, hola. <laughs> hola. Hola. How are you? Hola. And I say, uh, bien. And I say, uh, como esta? And I say, and I say uh, uh, andale, andale. Let's hurry. We got to go. Andale. And then I say, hasta la vista, baby. And that makes them laugh. Okay. So that's my Spanish. But now we are releasing, I'm releasing kind of the essence of this message. And all of a sudden, God highlights this young lady. And I realized that this young lady had been living, there is a dark cloud over her. So if you see a dark cloud, you don't have to go up to that person and say, yeah, how you doing, man? I can my, my name's Ralph, and nice to meet you. I see that you basically live under a dark cloud most of your life. It must, you must have a horrible, depressing life. And, and oh, oh, you call yourself a believer in Jesus. That's good. But you experience no victory, and life basically sucks. And uh, uh, it's a pretty rotten journey. And, um, and it, it's always going to be hard, right? It's got to be hard because I'm a Christian. must be hard. Is, is that... Is that is it, is that the dark cloud that you're living under? So obviously I do not say that, right? You know why God shows you the dark cloud? So you can go over to the dark cloud and you can release the love of God in such a great measure to say, dark cloud, get out of here in the name and power of Jesus Christ as if the authority of heaven was right there with you. And all of a sudden, he shows you that this beautiful young lady who's in her 20s has had a spirit of fear paralyze her most of her life. The spirit of fear paralyzes her for the most of her life. You can see it in her eyes, her skin, her countenance, every part of her. And we are not supermen and women here. We just have the privilege of being filled with the Spirit of God. Because if you believe in Jesus, you are filled with the Spirit of God. So now we can come over and we can have authority and we can lovingly, as she's crying, we can say God has so much more for you. And he wants to... We saw a spirit of fear that was attached to your life when you were younger and the root has somehow been able to grow and you've been experiencing fear at such a level that you're, 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 just, you're just not experiencing abundant life. And we saw an axe come down from heaven. And we're going to get into this a little bit for anybody who's new and doesn't understand this language. But in the spirit, do you know that there is a spirit realm? You cannot, I can talk to people for hours. And in this message, we're going to, we talk about Jesus, we're going to talk about the devil. We're going to talk about truth, we're going to talk about lies. We're going to talk about a spirit realm that is as real as me standing on this stage. And the spirit of fear has been, been paralyzing this lady, and we see an axe come down like it's going after something. And we see, you know, a root structure on a big tree, and the axe takes and severs the roots. That's what we saw. And we declare what we saw, and we declare freedom over this young lady. And the next day, she comes to a meeting. She doesn't even look like herself. She does not physically look like herself. She gives a testimony of breakthrough. That's a breakthrough. You understand? That is a breakthrough. She experienced something, and now she experienced freedom. And now she experienced truth. And we prayed over her, and we blessed her. And guess what one of the things we did for her? We told her to anticipate a backlash. Anybody know what that means? What that means is in about a day or two, something is going to sneak its ugly head up and remind you of your past. Something is going to sneak up behind you and want to bite you in the leg and nip at your heels. And it's going to remind you of who you always were. It's going to remind you, it's going to say things like this. Do you really believe in breakthrough? 
Do you really believe that the power of the Holy Spirit can transform a life? Do you really believe that nonsense? Don't you know I've had you in captivity and bondage most of your life, and I'm right here, and I'm going to snip at your heels? So the first thing to overcome, overcome doubt, uh, overcoming the, the possibility of a breakthrough is unbelief and doubt. So unbelief and doubt were going to come at her. And I want to share a story of how the Lord revealed this to me in my life. An example of this personal example. For those of you who don't know, I believe everyone should be able to say with confidence when they receive the Lord. Now, I don't have time to get into the whole thing, but what that means to me is I was born again. I experienced something. I knew that in a moment of time, I went from here to here. I didn't have nothing to do with it, to be honest with you, because God had been pursuing me. But here's what I realized. How many of you know that when you get saved, when you get born again, when you have an experience, an encounter with Jesus in jail, that you fit into a big group of people who, yeah, most people find God in jail. You know what that's like? That's like, yeah, sure, that'll last about as long as you're getting out of this place. Yeah, that'll last for sure. Uh, my experience with God sitting in a jail cell, reading the Bible, being born again, receiving Christ for the very first time in my life, I was 21 years old. Can't even believe it. It's like yesterday. 21 years old, I'm sitting in a jail cell, I am not broken, you guys. You might think, oh, no, no, like I was like, I was like, bahing. that's what I think about jail. That's what I think about drugs, that's what I think about life, right there. Not broken, not sad, Wanda brings me a Bible, I start reading the Bible. Who knows why I start reading the Bible? I experience God in the jail cell. You have to have an experience with God. And you're born again. And now you know something happened. And but you, what you're not prepared for is the scrutiny, the critical observation, the examination that people will say to you, oh, you, you're one of them guys. You receive Christ. You're, you're a Christian. You're born again, and you receive Christ in jail. I guess a lot of people receive Christ in jail. And a lot of percentages, they don't make it very far after that, Right? Right, Timmy? Timmy's laughing. Timmy's in the, Timmy works for the corrections, right? A lot of people, oh, yeah, I love God. I'm, I'm, I'm born again in jail. Here's what's crazy. I had an experience with God. I experienced a breakthrough. I said yes to Jesus. You know how, how easy it is? If you're here for the very first time, here's how simple it is. Jesus, I've heard about you my whole life, but I don't know you. I have no relationship with you, really. And all you say is yes. Yes, Jesus, I want to know you. I've been hearing about you for many years. I believe, you say, I believe that, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He died for my sin. I receive him into my heart. I responded to an invitation. I believe that his blood was shed for the forgiveness of sins. And I have a relationship with God. You know what I knew that no one could ever take away from me from that moment forward? Here's what I knew. I knew that I was in perfect relationship and union with, with God through Jesus Christ. I knew it. I, then I got to come home to New York. All my Italian family, they think I'm out of my mind. I wrote down here. They, they talk about you know, my, my brother smoking pot. My mother and father, they're doing crazy things. Everybody's a nut. Everybody's a mess. And Ralphie now is the Jesus freak, the born-again one, who this will soon pass. This won't last long. Give the guy some you know, he just got out of jail. You know, people find Christ in jail. But no, it's not leaving. It's not leaving. Why? Because God did something. But here's what's interesting. Do you think for a moment that there wasn't a liar telling me over and over and over and over again that what I experienced wasn't real? How many of you have gone through this doubt where is there even a God as a Christian? And you're going through these crazy things, and then all of a sudden, 
you have to realize that you have a part to play in this and you have to silence the accuser and the liar. And you have to say, stop it. Enough is enough. And you stand on the greater, greater. You stand on his word. But here's what's really interesting. I don't have a Bible today, but you know this thing's got a Bible in it. So we could stand on the word. But guess what I think the most fascinating thing about John 10.10 is? There are people in China that do not have Bibles. There are people all over the world who are coming to Christ in groves who do not have a Bible that we take so for granted. But guess what they have? They have a voice. They have a shepherd. They have a relationship with God because Jesus saved them and he will talk to them and they will hear his voice. They will recognize a stranger and they will be able to recognize a lie and they will say, no lie, you don't have no dominion over me. You're a liar. You've been a liar from the foundation of of time. You're a murderer. You're a thief. You're a liar. You know, there is a tenacity to a victorious life. Okay? Another great book title. Come on. The tenacity, uh, you know, victorious life takes tenacity. Right? Come on. There is power. Now, here's what's amazing. When we come together as the body of Christ, I'm not saying that people aren't here that are going through things. But when we get together and we pray for each other and we release encouragement over one another and we remind each other of this abundant life in which he paid for and which he, which he laid down his life so we can experience, there has to be a reality of this among us. Would you agree? Yeah. Okay. So my story was I had to resist the liar. This young lady had to resist the liar. I want to give you a few things that I hope help you. There are real enemies of stewarding your breakthrough. I wrote this down before anybody talked about breakthrough today. I want to do something that we learned last week in, in one of our things, and it has to do with a little tool. I didn't realize, I don't think I have to get permission to use this as a tool. I probably should have checked, but, I, you know, we bought the workbook. We went through the program. To me, they're, you know, freely you receive, freely you give, right? <laughs> I, I bought it once. Now I get to use it for free. <laughs> so check this out. Wherever you're at in your, in your Christian experience, wherever you are in your journey, I hope you see it like this. It's progressive. You are going from the point glory to glory. You are going upward toward heaven. You are going to be, wherever you're at today, he's going to, uh, help me, 36 years of marriage. You know what I got out of the Lamb Conference? There is so much more. 36 years. I kind of feel like, wow, that's, that's not bad, right? 36 years of loving Jojo, Wanda, looking at that face. Getting to know that person. She's amazing. Guess what's amazing to me? I feel like I just got like two cups of water. I can go so much deeper, so much further. So this, this last week, like getting to know her more, just looking at her face, enjoying her company. Like, no, seriously, it's like 36 years and I, I want to know her more. Right? I'm telling you, that's what happens when you understand the depths. So in your Christian experience, in your life, in your journey, you're, you're going this way. So keep it going. So, so, so this is a tool that we learned. One, two, three, skidoo. For anybody in the lamb, come on. One, two, three, skidoo. Sounds funny, right? I'm going to read this for you. If you haven't already done so, talk about what is coming against you and what is trying to steal from you. Man, that's good. If you are an individual person here and you're hearing my voice, you know, you have to talk to God. God, what is going on? What is coming against me? And what is it that's trying to steal from me? What's coming against me and what's trying to steal from me? I don't know about you guys, but man, sometimes life itself just wants to rob you of like happiness. 
contentment. I told Wanda and I, Wanda and I, you don't want to hear about Wanda and I, I'm sorry. But, but we love just hanging out. We do. So yesterday we're hanging out, and I go, honey, November 1st, you can feel it in the atmosphere, the frenzy of Christmas. The frenzy of Christmas. And I tell her, you know what I've loved about you since the day I met you? The most non-materialistic, the most non-consumer person I've ever met. You do not buy into the material pressure of Christmas, but you're the most kindest, loving person I've ever met. So we, from years ago, but we, guess what we did on November 1st? We will not participate in the frenzy of Christmas. And so we're talking, and we're, we're sharing things, but what we realized was, you know, something as simple as that, what's coming against us, what's trying to steal from us, the frenzy of Christmas, November 1st. Every retailer on the planet is trying to compete with the other retailers. You can't even get through Halloween. So when you guys come over to our house in the next month, guess what you're going to see? Fall in orange colors. And Wanda put the, the beautiful fall Thanksgiving tablecloth on the dining table. And we got like, actually, do you remember that there was Thanksgiving comes before Christmas? And Thanksgiving's like really pretty and got some beautiful colors and decor. And Thanksgiving does come before Christmas. So something as simple as that. So watch. Now, this is going to sound silly at first. But I nail the spirit, the ungodly spirit of Christmas to the cross. When you're nailing something to the cross, what you're identifying in that, and sometimes when you say it out loud, here's what happens. You're identifying that Jesus Christ has victory over that thing. So don't get tied up on, you know, did did the spirit of Christmas go on the cross? You know, like, please stop. You know? Like, you know, did failure, you know? Nail the thing to the cross and watch what happens. Because you're identifying that that thing is trying to rob you. That thing is coming against you. So I'm going to tell you what I wrote. That was coming against me. So I'm going to be a little vulnerable here. I do not consider myself a failure. But you know what ugly lie from the pit of hell has been nipping at my butt? Been nipping at me? Sorry. Been nipping at my... Because what I meant to say... You know, I, that was actually a mess up, Mark. I meant to say was nipping at my heels. Right? Is that the same? Nipping at your heels. You know what ugly lie has been kind of tormenting me? kind of messing with my head, kind of been coming against me. You know what ugly lie it's been over and over again lately? I just, I got to do a one, two, three, skidoo. One, two, three, skidoo, man, I got to deal with this thing. Because it's trying to rob me, it's trying to come against me, it's trying to ruin my day. Ralph? Ralph? Oh, there it is. Ralph, you're failing. You're a failure. Ralph, you're a failure. Man, that's one ugly, powerful thing, isn't it? It's ugly. It's powerful. It's nipping at my heels. And here's what I did last weekend. I nail failure to the cross. The thoughts and feelings that come against me, that want to rob me, And I break all agreements I've made with failure, known or unknown. And I repent and I repent for joining with failure. And I ask you, Father, to send failure away from me. I actually send failure to the pit of hell where it belongs. And Father, what do you want to give me in place of failure? What do you want to give me in place of failure? You know what he spoke to me? And we're going to practice this in a minute. He said, Ralph, I want you to continue to walk in your true identity as a loved son. He said, you are more powerful than you could imagine, and you have experienced such victory in life. And he said, you are not a failure. And when God says to me, 
personally, I am not a failure because I spent time with him and asked him, what is trying to rob me? What is coming against me? Because I'm recognized that only the thief comes to rob, kill, and destroy, right? That is not God, so let's get that voice. Jesus said, the sheep will hear my voice. They'll recognize my voice. They'll be coming and going. He'll be leading us out. There's a whole fun lot of life going on as we serve and follow the shepherd's voice. So now that lie comes, and I do one, two, three, skidoo. Sounds so silly. Had to get my head around one, two, three, skidoo. But I nailed failure to the cross. I broke every agreement with it. I repented for even joining with the ugly lie. And I sent it back away from me. And you guys are going to get these. You're gonna, I'm going to make these up, some of the tools. And I said, Father, in place of failure, what do you want to give me? And he said, you're not a failure. Do you know that this whole week, I'm going to be honest with you, not one time did I hear that word failure. Now, I might be going through life, and I might make a mistake. This does not mean you won't make mistakes. You guys know me pretty well. I've made mistakes. I probably will continue. Not this time. I, I, will, I, will be, I will make mistakes. But when I make a mistake, it doesn't mean I partner with an agreement of a lie that I'm a failure. It doesn't mean that I look over my whole life and things maybe didn't turn out or things that are going on with my kids or that didn't work out or maybe the church could have been this or that should have been there or maybe could have done that. None of that. All that is just nonsense of lies. So are you capturing this with me this morning? So time just goes so fast and I haven't been with you in a long time and uh, it's been crazy. Let's, let's end this thing. Brian, can you play something instrumental because I don't want nobody being distracted. The kids are going to be done here around noon. We're on to something here that we're going to go after. But the Lord had given me a picture of how much we can encourage each other. I'm going to give you an example. Ty called me this week, yesterday. We talked. He said, let's do lunch. We're going to do lunch. Now, when we're doing lunch, I already know that God gave me some things for Ty. But one of the things that I want us to be very aware of, that, um, that we're going to be very in tuned to truth. I'm with Joy. Joy's experiencing something. I'm going to say, Joy, let's recognize. Let's stop right now and do one, two, three, skidoo. Are you coming into agreement with a lie? Let's put that lie on the cross. Let's break all agreement with that lie, known or unknown. Then let's ask God for the exchange. And ask, take that lie and send it away from me, God, because that's not who I am. It's not what I think. It's not who you are. It's not what you're like. Lies come in so many ways. But we're going to go after this thing because I just if I leave you with this thought, the abundant Jesus that I came, I did not say it. <laughs> okay? I didn't say it. I'm not making it up. Jesus came so that you can have abundant life. So as we close, as we're dismissed, as we're going to get the children, and as we're going, today is a Sunday that we release prophetic words. If you're new, God speaks to us, and he releases life and hope and comfort and strength to you. We're going to be doing that over here today. If you've never experienced it, it's a beautiful experience. And we got healing. We have people praying for people. A Mary even sensed comfort. If you need to be comforted from something, God wants to meet you and bring comfort and healing to your heart. So we're going to do that. But as we close and we dismiss, I just want you to take, this doesn't take long. If you've got to close your eyes to get in the zone, do what you've got to do. If you can keep your eyes open, just be what you want to be. But here's what I want to speak over you. That Jesus is a good shepherd. And when you said yes to Jesus, you became one of his sheep. It's that simple. And you can recognize his voice. And he's saying to you today, I want you to be really in tune to my voice. And I want to speak to you. And I want to release to you truth. 
I want you to experience a breakthrough in your personal life. And what that takes is time. So, Father, I ask that you, Holy Spirit, even right now, that if the question is being asked by the individual heart, what is it, Lord? Say, Holy Spirit, in your heart, in your spirit, just agree with me. Holy Spirit, what is it that is coming against me? What is it that is wanting to rob me? So just ask him that question right now. What is it? So Holy Spirit, we trust that you're speaking. So what's coming against you? What is lying to you, trying to rob you? And then say, Holy Spirit, what is the truth? What is the truth? I'm hearing the lie. You've identified the lie. I recognize it's not your voice. And what is the lie? And Holy Spirit, what is the truth that you want to release now? What is the exchange? When we pray that, Father... What do you want to give me in place of failure? What do you want to give me in place of fear? When we prayed them examples, Holy Spirit always spoke something that you could take it, that could be yours. So Holy Spirit, we say, we, we have you ask, Holy Spirit, you've revealed the lie, you've broken it off of me, you showed me the truth. And now he wants you to walk in that truth. Holy Spirit, I thank you for being here with us. I love these people. I pray for your people that they would walk in the abundant life that you have made for them. Bless them. Strengthen them. Till we see each other again, I pray you bless them. In Jesus' name.